Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's going on over there? BL, I am neck deep in home renos over here. Finally achieving that buddy yellow, the buddy yellow. Like a butter. Like butter. That's what I have been doing. What about you, BL? I'm not doing much. I've been to the movies so much lately. I know we did a big movie chat last week, but like I haven't stopped. And I'm looking at my calendar for the rest of the month and I'm like, bitch, go outside. (laughs) I'm spending all my time in like uh, allocated seats. Wow. Welcome to my world, BL. Yeah. I'm trying to steal your identity a little bit, I think. <laughs> Just spending all your time in the dark. It's all right. Yeah. Although there was one movie that I didn't get to see. Uh, I told you a little bit about my Friday night attempt to have like a really fun mm. evening out in the city, beginning with... A classic film. I'm not going to say too much. I don't want to throw the organizers under the bus, although I should. I went to a cinema screening of a film that was supposed to start at 6 p.m. And I was like, great, this is a 90 minute movie, the way God intended. And uh, a friend had offered me a ticket to see Kat Cohen doing stand up at the Athenaeum afterwards. And I was like, yeah, that that's going to work perfectly because doors there are at seven. So I'll watch this movie and then I'll truck down the street and uh, I'll get to see a classic film I've always wanted to see and then Cat Cohen. Perfect. 45 <laughs> minutes later oh. at 6.45, the pre-film introduction like talk, lecture, it was billed as a presentation, was still going and showed no signs of stopping 
and I was fucking over it. Hmm. I just got up, I walked out of the cinema and I didn't turn back and I was fucking fuming. I was like, this is not the way to get people to watch classic films. I'm going to go home and pirate this now. And so I was like, all right, I've got like an hour to kill in the city before I meet my friend at eight to go see Cat Cohen. So I go and have dinner. I'm staring at my phone. My battery's almost dead because I'm just like looking at my phone. And then I wander down to the Athenaeum. I meet my friend. P.S. It's like 35 degrees in Melbourne last week. It was like stinking hot. I'm like sweating down the backs of my legs. The worst. We get to the Athenaeum and we're like, great, let's go in. So excited for a night of comedy now to, to make up for this flop of an evening I've had. And we walk up the stairs. The ushers at the bottom of the theatre were like, just keep going upstairs. If you think you've reached the top, just keep on going. That's not what we you want to hear, right? It's, it's not because I was sick of walking by this point <laughs> and I was so hot. Get to the top of the stairs and the guy goes, "Um, what are you here for? And we said, Cat Cohen. And he goes, "Uh, there's like five minutes left. And then we hear like laughter coming from behind a door. And he goes, this is like, she's about this. She's in her like final stretch. This is like her final joke. And I was like, okay, impressive that you know that. But also what the fuck? We said the doors were at seven. He goes, doors are at 630. Oh. I was like, still, there was an opener. I guess comedy openers aren't like music openers and you can allocate an hour to them. So hang on. Doors open at 6.30. The support comes on at like straight away or like a little bit after. I don't know. No idea. But she apparently started at 7, a.k.a. the time that I left the last cinema and was like killing time in the city. Oh, my God. I could have walked on in and seen the whole show. And my friend who I met was like, killing time she like left the city after work went to Fitzroy to have drinks and was like all right I'm heading back into the city now where I spent my whole day and then both of us just like dejected slumped our way out of the Athenaeum I want to know when you had your like dejected evening what did you go home and do how did you what was your salve well, we were at the Athenaeum on Collins Street and like this, like a pop-in drink in the city is not always my fave, especially on a hot night, but we went to Cathedral and had classic. a couple of spritzes. Great. Classic. Love Cathedral. And then love Cathedral. And then from there we got in a cab at Flinders Street. I dropped my friend home. I went home, turned on the air con, and I watched a couple of episodes of The Kardashians. As you <laughs> and, do. And, uh... Yeah, went to bed. Very good. Did you see that? I think it was Mubi posted something on Instagram. Our friend of the pod, Alexi, sent it to me. And it is a picture of one of the Kardashians. I'm so sorry. I am not Kardashian literate still. It's 2023. I may as well be dead and buried. But uh, I wonder if I can guess it based on context clues. It is a Kardashian and Marty. <laughs> Oh, that, that was Kylie. That was Kylie, okay. Yeah. Someone has written the witty comment of it's like my movie and hey, you subscriptions colliding. It truly is. And I had a thought recently because with the SAG strike, Marty has been doing all of the Killers of the Flower Moon press himself. And that that little fella is hustling. And one of the things that he did was like an hour-long sit-down video interview with Timothy Chalamet who is dating Kylie Jenner. And then they were at this like award ceremony where they were photographed together. And I was like, oh, wow, they have friends in common. Timmy. <laughs> Timmy bringing everyone together. 
As he does, yeah. I have to wait until you see Killers of the Flower Moon, I think, before we discuss if you can set aside like four hours in a day. It, it, it is really hard to get to. For Lily, for Marty, I can do it. Absolutely. You can do I'm it. I'm going to do it. I have not been at the cinema recently. I've been watching lots of films but for work but not like a social kind of setting. I'm not doing that at the moment. You're in the Vimeo streams. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I am doing a lot of private links right now that's about it a lot of like authentication apps that's what I'm using currently you know like yes I am watching it and then like you're watching the film (laughs) and your email address is like on top of the film screen yeah (laughs) you're in your you're in your 2FA era sure um but yeah like I said I have been in full like home reno mode which is kind of cute for spring don't you think oh yeah i finally painted those kitchen cabinets beer <gasps> i'm gonna need to see a before and after i also can't picture were they white before dark wood grain really awful okay and okay. i have hated them since we moved in and i have always dreamed of like a buddy yellow kitchen i had thought weirdly that i had taken it from Bewitched or the Brady Bunch, but neither of them featured it. But Hmm. my actual mood board, like my Pinterest board for trying to find the right yellow, find the right shade of yellow, was (laughs) the table and bin in the kitchen of From Rosemary's Baby. Oh. (laughs) And... (laughs) Sally's station wagon in the first scene of When Harry Met Sally. Great. Perfect. And the border from page 197 of the Los Angeles Times California Homes book from 1982. Oh, sure, sure. My favourite page. (laughs) So uh, that's literally what I took took in with me to Bunnings to be like this one please uh, this one but yeah that that's where my inspiration comes from and yeah I got it done there was sanding there was priming it's it's all fine oh my god I'm so impressed oh, thank you. wow you're in your um what's the renovation show you love you're in your the block era you're a blockhead confirmed. I'm a blockhead you know I actually didn't watch any of the latest season I even missed the blockchain so I guess I'm <laughs> I don't know. I've moved on. I am, you know, all that selling sunset, all that Lux listings. It's doing something. It's done some permanent damage to my brain, I think. The Block is a troubling show. There's only so many times you can see like a pristine, preserved 1950s single dwelling house in Melbourne being like having like a freestanding tub and like black and white herringbone tiles behind it and like a matte gold tapware mm. i'm just assuming but also this is probably yeah, what they yeah. look yeah, like yeah, yeah. like there's only so much grim fugliness one person can take in their lives they love to talk about wainscotting and they love to say that everything is done in a hampton style and not like even though like the block sometimes is shot in hampton in victoria but <laughs> that's not, what, that's they not what they're talking about it's not of interest to me. Give me Sally Station Wagon and the bin from Rosemary's Baby any day. I used to have to do some um, content for uh, some interior suppliers uh, at my old agency job. And, um, yeah, Hampton style was big. And all it meant was 
fake floating wood floors, white walls, a kind of raffia or like rattan lampshade, and then just like white kitchen black sink. Yeah, I that I mean that's it, that's it. I yeah. with the buddy yellow, I once they were hung, I did say um to Zoe Oh God, does this look too Instagram? And I hate that Instagram is now like the, like mm. a mood or a style. It's not, but that's how we are using that term now. It's like, is this to explore page? <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's like, yeah. is it bubbly? Is it a fun color? Look, I've always wanted it. It's fine. It's fine. And if that means, does this look good? then you want the answer to be yes. So be it. Exactly. So be it. Exactly. I did try to paint some little um, doorknobs for the cabinets and Mm. I thought it was going to be such a cute look. And uh, no, I came home, Zoe had hung them all for me and it looked like the wet area in like a kindergarten classroom like <laughs> there was gonna be like around the corner hooks where you would put all your little backpacks on like it it felt like that and I was like oh my god I've taken it I've taken this too far wow I feel like um you need to incorporate the term wet area into <laughs> like a bar or something that would be a great name for a bar or a band I like that wet area for a bar in particular it's very good very good BL yeah I can't believe I'm saying this, but I just glanced at your notes and you have a paint drying also. I do have a paint drying also. <laughs> <laughs> only you. Only, only moi. Only this silly podcast. Um, yeah, I've got a paint drying also. If you're in Queensland, you should go and see Charlie Shackleton's cinematic protest film Paint Drying. It's playing at Goma as part of the Cinema Obstructed series that he also co-curated. Uh, it's running from the 10th to the 29th of November. November. This film runs for 607 minutes. So hopefully there's not an introduction before it. <laughs> it's very Marty is what it's you're saying. Very Marty. Essentially it is just paint drying. So Charlie made it basically to spite the um, censorship board in the UK. So censorship for films um, often works so that you pay uh, per minute to have something classified. And if it's you don't get it classified, you can't screen it anywhere. So he made this, the runtime of it, depending on how much money he got through like crowdfunding. And he ended up getting 686 backers. So once all their money was put into place, uh, the duration of the film became 607 minutes. So he literally filmed paint drying for that amount of time and then paid to get it um, classified. And, of course, uh, it came back with a U um, in the UK, which means no material likely to offend or harm. Uh, so it's like this great cinematic protest work. Mm. And it's the first time that it's ever been shown in like a cinema setting. Yeah, so you can go and watch Charlie's paint drying. Oh, my God, I love that. It would be really funny if at like minute 439 there was just like dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Just to see if they're awake. Yeah, yeah. And like if they're skipping through, if in the gallery, imagine catching that moment as you're walking through the gallery. (laughs) I had a nice experience last week, BL, that I don't think we've talked about. 
on or off pod. It's the experience that you had a couple of weeks ago and you told us about. But I finally made it out to Maribyrnong. Good girl. Good pronunciation. The Sydney girl pronounced Maribyrnong. Thank you so much. Yeah, I made it out to High Point to go and have a facial that was gifted by Mecca Aesthetica uh, by this lovely aesthetician named Heidi. And it was like a glorious two hours. I didn't want to talk about it last week. So I was a bit nervous that my skin would flare up, but uh, it didn't. I'm a week and a bit, almost two weeks into it. And I'm still glowing, right? You can see. You are glowing. And the the selfie that you sent me afterwards, I'm very upset you didn't get any sideshow bob. <laughs> 0.5 zoom <laughs> photos under the weighted blanket <laughs> but I really love how uh yeah you just feel so glowy and fresh afterwards but I I totally understand what you mean because like I got a couple of extractions when I got mine done and my chin kind of my chin is where I always break out and I kind of erupted a little bit there but it was like expected and kind of great to like purge that shit out of my face but yeah I'm very glad you didn't have any any downtime no the well the esthetician was like you're gonna love me for a couple of days and then you'll probably hate me but then you'll love me again and she was totally Mm. right because a couple of days like five or six days into it I did get kind of red and a bit inflamed um and then it went away and it was just so nice because I haven't actually had a facial since 1996 BL what? Where'd you go in 96? <laughs> I went and had a facial with my mum and sister in like when we were in Indonesia and on holiday. And I remember it being one of the single most, I have like a very high pain threshold, but I remember this as being like one of the single most painful experiences of my life. It was so painful. I remember just lying there and staring at the ceiling and like, counting a grid in the ceiling like just to take my mind off it you know that when you're Mm -hmm. like I can see three windows four windows you know like that yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and so I was I've I've never gone back so I was like oh I just guess I can't handle it but Mm. um yeah when this opportunity came along I was like "Eh, I'll try it and it was glam and gorgeous and I'm like I think I'm a convert like I've already looked into booking in to get some more LED repair done I love my um I don't think LED is the same as laser but I'm not an expert by any means but I love getting my regular like laser genesis treatment um from my regular esthetician but like that mecha aesthetic facial totally converted me as well it's like the nicest a thing you can do in a shopping center. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like it's so busy and neon and bright and noisy outside. And then you go into like this little womb and you're like tucked in and like half nude and just being like babied. Yeah. I really, enjoy- I really yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> the older I get, all I want to do is be tucked in. Yeah. You just want to be tucked in and babied. It's, I mean, yeah. that's circle of life, I suppose. I did learn from your mistake of parking too far away because <laughs> I had Smart. never been to Smart. High Point. And um, I, there is, look, if you are going to Mecca Aesthetica, uh, PSA, you can park outside like on their kind of rooftop parking area, which is right outside the door <laughs> of Mecca. So you do not need really to experience the rest of the shopping centre unless you want to. These are the recommendations people come to us for. 
Jinxie, this is our last time together for a little while. You're leaving me again. I know. I am going back to India. It's a very sudden trip for work. And I literally, like, I just before I got on this call with you, I was messaging trying to get in to see the guru. The guru again? You gotta see the guru. You gotta see the guru. I gotta see the guru. Yeah, look, I I need to see the guru. I don't need to get serenaded again, um, but anything's possible. Can you remind people of the serenade? They might have forgotten, but I never will. <laughs> um, When I went to India last year, I was staying at a really beautiful hotel in Jaipur, um, one of a couple of hotels, and... When my sister was out of the room, sadly, the woman working there asked if she could sing. And I said, okay, sure. And then she proceeded to sing an entire song. While I was seated, she was standing over me. She sang like looking straight into my eyes and did not like did not break, did not break vision at any single time. I can, what was the song, Biel? It was by Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I think I've just like repressed the memory. It was like Shape of You or something. Was it Shape of You? Perfect. I don't know. It was not Shape of You because that's a little bit funky. That's like the da 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 and the butt lover is where I'll be. I'm in love with the shape of you. <laughs> that's staying in. Uh, no, she's saying perfect. I don't know it. Can you, will you stand over me and sing to me? <laughs> It's like, baby, I'm dancing in the dark with you between my arms, barefoot on the grass, listening to our favourite song. It's not my favourite song. Yes, it is. Well, I found a woman stronger than anyone I know. She shares my dreams. I hope that someday I'll share her home. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She loved you. I don't know what I don't know what the deal was, but um, maybe she thought I worked in a different industry than I do. It was very, it was very amusing and I just had to sit there and hold her gaze and then psychically <laughs> try to connect with my sister to say, come, come back into the room, please. <laughs> I hope this happens again. Well, we shall see. It'd be really funny if you became a person whose travel advice for India was like, be careful, people will serenade you. <laughs> I mean, that's like a, probably a good thing for some people. It wasn't for me, but it was. No. I was amusing. You were in your Scooter Braun moment. She let you kind of be <laughs> A&R a for a day. Jinxie, we're taking to the stage once again. Yeah, we just can't help ourselves. We had such a good time at our spring fling event at the Wheeler Centre in October that we are going to be gracing the stage. Gracing. I don't know if we are going to be gracing, but we'll be on the stage. Uh, we'll be haunting the stage. <laughs> we'll be chewing scenery of the Malt House outdoor stage. February 3. Yeah, so excited. See also Alfresco. Uh, the tickets are on sale now. You would have seen it if you follow us on Instagram at See Also Podcast. Uh, we announced it earlier this week along with our very special guests who are going to be joining us for this one. The iconic Stella Mozgawa from the band Warpaint and Courtney Barnett, Melbourne's own treasure, after their show the night before at Melbourne Recital Centre. So it'll just be like four old hands at Stagecraft. I thought you were um, going to say old hags. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, they've got some experience on the stage behind a mic, but I think we're catching up. <laughs> yeah, I, they can all hold, they can both hold a mic pretty well. But uh, yeah, we're good too. We're good too. That's the tagline for the show. We're good as well. Yeah, also fine. So it's going to be uh, February 3rd, as Jinxie said, from 8 p.m. So like gorgy sunset, late summer evening uh, at Malthouse Outdoor Stage. And just for you, our dear listeners of See Also, we've got a little code to get you some discounted tickets. At checkout, use the code See Also Alfresco, or one word, all lowercase, for a discounted ticket. All this information will be in the show notes of this episode in case you forget, but we would really love to see you there. We had so much fun at our last live show and we'll be doing something a little bit different this time, but we hope to see some like sweet faces. Yeah. So it starts at eight o'clock, but the doors open at seven. So you can get there a little bit early. There'll be a bar. It'll be like the sun will be setting. It'll be gorgeous. You can get a little spritz. You can find a table. Uh, It's all general admission too. So don't sweat it. You can buy tickets with your friends, solo, what have you, and then just come and convene on the night, get a good posse and, yeah, have a little lovely little alfresco evening with the girls. With the girls. We can't wait. We hope to see you there. All right, we've got a lot of reality TV to kind of cover today. We've fallen behind in the last couple of months and now I think I've got seven weekly Real Housewives franchises to keep up with each week. Sorry, what? I, yeah. No, wow, that's more than me. I've got Sydney. I mean, New York's over, I guess, So, but we will cover it today. Sydney, Salt Lake City, Beverly Hills, Miami, Potomac. Okay, I, as you know, I couldn't deal with Potomac anymore. I let those green-eyed bandits go. And Understandable. Miami, I watched like right at the beginning but I should dip back in at some point, but I just am yet to because like there is enough happening in Salt Lake City alone to, you know. Alone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but each each city has its own special flavour, some more flavour than others. But before we get to the housewives, we have to go away from real women and towards the most artificial, shiny uh, women tottering around on their heels in Big, shimmery, echoey mansions uh, after we both did the full Selling Sunset season seven season after it dropped on Netflix. Yeah. And can I just say, this is so rude of Netflix to do this. I'm always like (laughs) one click away from unsubscribing, you know, because I'm just paying for so many services these days. And like I unsubscribe from Paramount Plus and then they release The Curse. It's so rude. That's your own The Curse. That is my The Curse. Uh, But yeah, look, the Selling Sunset Season 7 came out of the blue and I am not going to say no to that. I devoured the entire thing like during my Buddy Yellow phase on the weekend. Yeah. I feel like Selling Sunset's really found its stride in the last year or two. Like, I hate to say it, I loved watching her, but post-Christine, it's a very different show. And as much as we still have to endure the, like, horror of Nicole and her, like, spaghetti noodle hair and her grown-up know-me from Showgirls vibe, I'm, like, really happy about the dynamic at the O group. I am also happy with the dynamic at the O group. (laughs) 
<laughs> but Nicole, okay, you've brought her up, so let's go. She does look like that, but she also gives me like reunion, like Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion vibes, but like one mm. of the one of the girls they don't want to really talk to at the reunion. Like I her I'd really think she is such a dull dull character on this show and just like such a priss. Yeah, she's a she's dull and she's a priss, but she's also like she's kind of reminding me at the moment of the horrible vet from Real Housewives of Sydney oh. where it's like every interaction with her, she's just like making faces, has a real sense of like unearned superiority. It's like if you're going to act superior to Chrishell, you better fucking have a leg to stand on, babe. I know, I know. If you are going to say anything for our girl Chris at the Shell, I, you, I mean, you know, you got to come in guns blazing. She doesn't have any. She's got nothing. She's got nothing. She's just no a guns. Pill, this girl. Jason is such a little bitch of a drama queen. The way that he was like, Chriselle's in hospital. I'm giving this listing to her, but like Nicole, you're gonna go in and paint it and style it. Uh, but when it sells, Chriselle's going to get all the money. And Chriselle rightfully was like, I'm not fucking doing this. Like, draw up a contract. I'll sign it. I'll split the money. I'll give you the money. I don't care. I don't want to be here again. Everyone comes for Chriselle because they know they get a storyline in camera time. Absolutely. Uh, but I think that Jason is working, like, hand in pocket with the executive producer at the moment because he really was stirring up the biggest drama, like when – he gave that listing or the styling of the listing to Nicole. But then when they went to Cabo and Marie Lou just pops out of the water and Marie Lou is just so <laughs> conscious of how she looks on camera. It is so awkward to watch. It is yeah. like, she's like, like all of the women on this show, are like all they do seemingly is consider how they look on screen but Marie Lou, a model whose entire job is for people to look at her, she looks so self-conscious. She's just, like, trying desperately to, like, suck it in, but she doesn't have anything yes. to suck in. <laughs> exactly. When she's coming out of the water like a Bond girl, it's like <laughs> imagine being 20 and a model, but on reality TV, a format you've never known the world without. Like, there's she's never known a life without reality TV, and now she's on one. And she's fucking on one this season. Um, and, yeah, she's like she's kind of angling her face to cameras. And But in that scene where she's having lunch with Chriselle, she's not image conscious enough to have put on lip balm. She's got like these crusty, <laughs> dusty, matte, like Kylie lip kit 2017 lips. And I was like, you can't fight with Chriselle with crusty lips, babe. No, you can't. And also you cannot... You cannot be on a reality show and then completely make up conversations that you have had on camera. Like, yeah, she keeps saying how, like, oh, Krisha, she threatened, she threatened me, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. I, <laughs> it's, she didn't. We saw it. I know. I'm kind of sad that Marie Lou and Jason have broken up in our current timeline because I quite enjoy watching her like tower over him. And him just looking up at her and being like, like, this show is just 90% walking into uh, rooms and having small talk. And even though they're quote unquote in a relationship, all they do is small talk where he's like, I'm glad you could be here. And she's like, yeah, I am glad to be here tonight <laughs> with you. 
and then he just kind of looks at her and she looks down at him from a foot above him. Like, I kind of want to keep watching that. Yeah, I look, Zoe rightfully said he looks like he's taking his niece to the prom. Like, he, <laughs> he really does. But, and I'm, this isn't some, like, age gap conversation. This is not a May-December argument here. It's just Mm-mm. that their physicalities are so different. Um, it is... It is comical, but, yeah, her constant thing of, like, oh, Chriselle, she is so mean girl behaviour. She's mean girl. This is mean girl bullshit. And you're like, this is, I like, are you aware of Selling Sunset, the show, the franchise yeah. that you are now employed on, I suppose? Yeah, but then she goes and hangs out with Nicole and it's like, all right, girl. All right, yeah, come on. Um, yeah, they seem every season to be doing kind of these backdoor pilots to launch like selling Carbo or like selling wherever else. And there's just at this point too many people to keep track of. Like we saw Carbo people this season for like three on three different occasions. And like for me, someone who still can't tell the difference between Emma and the other one, like I, I can always tell Mary because she doesn't blend her foundation past her neck. But like there's too many women. There's too many women in this show. It's passing the Bechdel test too much. <laughs> yeah, it, it. look, it is. And there are just so many women bringing each other blankets this season. Did you notice that? There's so many blankets. No, <laughs> no I didn't. Uh, well, there are two. There are two blankets being given, but that's enough for me. Like like Killers of the Flower Moon, like native wearing blankets? No, it's they're not like his... Weirdly, no. no it's not like his some genocide with the blanket. It's mm. much more like you're in a tough spot, like you're going through something, medical things. Like Yeah, there is a lot of medical stuff this season. Feel comfy with this disgusting faux fur throw, you know? So, yeah. So one of the new presences in this season, I just have to say for everyone's FYI, there's the new girl, Cassandra, who is such a like terrifying, troubling presence. Like she's kind of Chelsea's little pet um, addition to the office. She looks like AI. Yeah. And she talks like AI as well. Like every, they'll be like, so when did you get your license? And she'll be like, well, after feeling this way, I decided to pursue real estate and I have been working with upscale clients at Sotheby's. But she has a reality TV connection <gasps> many, many years ago on Vanderpump Rules. I think Kristen and Tom Sandoval were either had gotten back together or were recently broken up at this point. And Stasi and Kristen were on the set of like a photo shoot with these quote unquote teen models. Cassandra and her twin sister, when she mentioned she's a twin on Selling Sunset, it was confirmed, but she and her twin sister were on this shoot and after Stasi and Kristen were gossiping that Tom Sandoval once lived with them, they moved out of home when they were still teenagers and moved in with Tom Sandoval and he was fucking them both, allegedly, which Stasi in this episode goes over to them and is like, did you have sex with Tom Sandoval? And it's like young Cassandra and her sister. I don't have words, BL. Yeah, this is the era of um, Vanderpump when like Sandoval also shared an apartment with Jax who like slept behind a sheet because he couldn't afford to pay for rent in a room of his own, a room of one's own, Jax Taylor. I mean, we've all been there. We've all been there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to shame that. But Cassandra is like, do you think that she might go out with Jason? 
it's the way in. It's the way to get a listing. Yeah, it is the way to get a listing. I just felt that the way he was looking at her. Well, you're either in the Selling Sunset universe, you're either married or dating an Oppenheim twin. Oh, and do you know how not to get in with the girls on Selling Sunset is to ask them all who is married and then the ones who are married to say like, oh, that's because you're such a, have such a good personality. Like that conversation <laughs> on that disgusting rooftop. Oh, my God, I love when a business is called something like 360 Rooftop. <laughs> It's like, it's so dumb to me. It's like, what else are you going to have? Like 180 rooftop? Like I, it's so just, yeah. So funny. Just call it a name. Anyway. The places they go, I'm not convinced are real locations. In previous seasons, I was like, oh, I've been there. I've been to that restaurant or that bar. But this one, I was like, where are they going? Like everything just looks like an Instagram setup. Mm. Well, they all look like Instagram setups. Like they're. They do hair and makeup and costumes like they're in a filter. They do. I do want to talk to you about the costumes. My least favourite is obviously Chelsea because she is a priss and causes shit with Chriselle, which I'm not pleased about. Yeah. But my favourite bad one was in episode eight. She's still in Cabo and she's wearing something that I can only describe as Bikini Elvis. (laughs) Do you remember it? She's wearing like this red bikini and it has like this white, massive, wide, white belt attached to it. And then she has her hair done so it looks like she has mutton chops. Like it is, it is (laughs) such a weird bikini Elvis look. She's Graceland Chelsea. Yeah. And I was thinking like maybe she learned that when they visited Elvis's home in Palm Springs in the last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also Bikini Elvis, very good name for a pet. Or a band. Or a bar. There we go. Bikini Elvis are playing at the wet area tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I'd go. I'd go. I'd go. A couple of other things that stood out to me with this season of Selling Sunset is... The, uh, I think the real estate is getting a bit better. Mm. There's more marble involved. I don't know if it's because they've got better listings because they're making more money out of them or if they've kind of heard people complaining about how disgusting the houses look every season. I don't think it's that. No, I don't think that's that either. (laughs) The mansion tax is looming. Maybe there are fewer mansions because no one wants the mansion tax. The mansion tax. God damn that mansion tax. That should have been our um, code for cheaper tickets to um, for our listeners. (laughs) Mansion tax. It's not too late. Into mansion tax. uh, Check out. I love that they went to the Lautner house, like, great. Like, I like that they're actually going to beautiful homes and, like, his. Is that the Big Lebowski one? Yeah, yeah. Yes. The yeah. Charlie's Angel full throttle, if that's yes. your fancy. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is that the guests are still, like, they, the people, like, the celebrities that they're talking to are getting worse but oh. funnier. Like... That Garain Jones, like old friend of Amanza's. That's the inspirational speaker guy? Yeah, yeah, he's a motivational speaker. I looked him up. Do you know that Amanza also describes herself as a motivational speaker? I don't doubt it. Amanda has kind of like she'll be arrested in the coming years and we'll find out that everything was a lie energy. Yeah, I do. I do get that. But with Garain, I was looking at his website. I'm not joining his cult, don't worry. He is so he has massive cult leader energy, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's got a section about how he met his wife Blair. 
on his site, and I want to read this to you to see if it raises alarm bells. He's a total wife guy on the show, so this is not surprising. No, he is a wife guy. He says, I also met my wife Blair at a personal development seminar. She had all 62 attributes that I listed on my soulmate treasure list. Not the soulmate treasure list. It turns out I had become all of those 62 attributes myself and attracted my mirror. This is Nexium shit, right? Like that is that is so Nexium. That's also. Do you know what that reminds me of? Very relevant is when I interviewed G Flip and Chriselle, and G Flip's therapist had them write a list of what they were looking for in a woman. And when they met Chriselle, they were like ticking things off the mental list. It wasn't sixty two though. It was like good relationship with their family and like you know, secure attachment style. Yeah, I don't know what the 62 attributes that Garain was looking for. The treasure list. Soulmate treasure list. How good is that? Should we write these of our own? As I said at the live show, mine went from taller than me and has a job to just is single. (laughs) (laughs) Harder harder to find than it sounds. (laughs) Uh, On the Chriselle and G Flip thing, I know that we make fun, but... Like, it is so great to see Chriselle, like, standing up for G's pronouns on this show to Mari Lou. I mean, of course, yeah. to Mari Lou. But I just really, really love that they're dating. And I'm oh, sorry, they're married and married. G is Chriselle's husband. <laughs> I hate husband. <laughs> that was the single worst thing that happened in the entire season. <laughs> Worse than Brie wearing those nipple covers in Carbo. Oh, yeah, G-Flip is also their father's Dawson. Oh. I mean, I don't all right. Like, I don't like it, but it's not my it's not mine to like or not like, you know? Um, I also learned that Chriselle took G-Flip's surname. She's Chriselle Staus Flippo. Hey, good for Chriselle. Yeah, I love, I love, I don't love watching them on screen together, I'll be honest. It feels a little kind of stilted, but. You look great, wifey. Babe, 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 babe. It's just, it's kind of like watching Courtney and Travis, I'm going to say. But I'm I'm in agreement. I think Chriselle has like never been better. She's really stepped into her own, et cetera. Love her. And also would not be surprised if she leaves the show very soon. It feels like it is not feeding her. Oh, I, she is doing so well on this season, but she has also checked out. And she talked yeah. about that at the end of last season. She said she wanted to step back from it all, but it's obviously making her a ton of cash. But yeah. it's, yeah, she's she's checked out and that's fine. I'm sure Adam DeVello of The Hills is like reaching deep into Netflix's pockets to keep her because I can't see that there's any other reason for her to stay. No. I've got to see also for Selling Sunset, if you like us, Gimme. finished season seven so goddamn quickly, faster than uh, Jason <laughs> discovered Aperol spritzes. Do you remember that from last season? <laughs> I'd forgotten, but now I remember. Uh, anyway, thank God Jason and Murray Lou discovered Aperol spritzes in Europe last summer. <laughs> um, but my see also is that there is a season three of Lux Listing Sydney out on Amazon and they are looking for a house this season for Delta Goodrum to write her <gasps> new album <laughs> I like no. I kind of wish they wouldn't so that she couldn't but anyway it's it's quite a good season <laughs> she's making innocent eyes part two and you could be part of it
Okay, we've moved from Selling Sunset to the Real Housewives world, the Real Housewives universe. I just mentioned Lux Listing Sydney, so let's start Real Housewives Sydney. It is back. It has been half rebooted with mostly new cast members. BL, how are you faring with our gals in Sydney? Oh, the girls in Sydney are a tricky little bunch. Um, They're very messy, but I can't look away. Like the small talk content in Sydney is very similar to what it is in Selling Sunset where, you know, a, a, a scene will start and there'll be two women just being like, love the coat oh yeah it's 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 really um it's it's not too warm today yeah no it's good yeah like it's they they no no one feels human um but i kind of love it this week's episode jinxie is out t- tonight Ooh. after on the day that we're recording this but i got a sneak peek yesterday and it's unreal tv there is a a showdown between the vet who neither of us like and Victoria Montano who wore a who neither real, of us like also who, right? who neither of us like but who runs a business that sells real fur and that has been a topic of conversation for many many weeks now because she tried to wear a real fur collar to an animal conservation park the vet was taking them all to and after apologizing and then trying to redesign her entire business to move away from fur and to cashmere and saying that she would donate profits to an animal charity of Kate's choosing, Kate still arrived at a lunch in full glam, full hair and makeup, Kate is the vet, and her scrubs mm. to make a point Ugh. And sat down and they had two of the other women there to like be, play mediator. One of them is Chrissy Marsh who <laughs> hates the vet already. So that's good. And she literally sat down and said, well, I'm glad you're not wearing fur. And she just, by the end of the conversation, she says, I need you to not torture animals because people see you doing it. And like, the thing is, I agree. I think that fur is wrong and it's animal torture, but she makes me not want to side with her. Oh, I feel the exact same. Uh, I I hate that we share a name. I mean, it's a very common name, but still, <laughs> I'm not on Victoria's side here. But I also think no. that Kate is being she just can't keep up with these women, and no, she's not good at television. She's not a good screen presence, and she's just Mm-mm. sort of like throwing it all at the wall at the moment. In the same yeah. way that, say, Caroline does, but Caroline is very good television. Like she is fun to mm. watch, but mm. Kate is terrible it's so good because by the end of this lunch and i'm sorry jinxie this is a bit of a spoiler but she essentially says just be the person i want you to be don't disappoint me be the person i know you can be and after a beat chrissy marsh just goes but who even are you chrissy it's really good. I particularly am amused by one of Nicole's to camera looks. She's got a very, and I quite like Nicole. She has a very high ponytail, but this black bow in it. And she looks like a mm. Shih Tzu. Mm, yes. They're all very puppy. They are very puppy. My favorite is Terry. Oh, yeah. I am enjoying Terry Biviano okay. so <laughs> much. Can you tell me, is she Sydney famous? Yeah, she's Sydney famous. Yeah, I was at I was at lunch with a friend on the weekend and she was asking me about how Real Housewives of Sydney is. She's not watching, but she goes, how's Tezza? 
and I said, I don't know who you're talking about. And she was like, Terry Biviano. And then she was talking about her husband and knew his nickname. And I was like, this is rugby wag stuff. This is not my forte. Yeah, T-Bivs. She's, um, she's... T-Bivs. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone's ever said that, but I will now. Uh, yeah, she's, I find her to be such good television. She's very funny. She's, I mean, she's not that funny, but I find her amusing. I need to clarify. <laughs> Yeah, so that impression I did of small talk was mainly an impression of Terry. But, um, yeah, she's sweet. She's fun. Can I ask something that I've been thinking about a lot watching all of the Housewives and Selling Sunset, etc. All of the women, they're the worst on Beverly Hills, which we should move to, but Mm -hmm. when they drink from a glass of wine, they all put their tongue in the glass of wine for inside the glass or outside the glass. I don't know. Is it to protect the <laughs> lipstick or because they can't feel their lips? I don't know. But oh, that's all I see these days on this show. I've never noticed that, but now I'm sure I will see it every single time. You sure will. I feel like it's probably the lips thing, like the loss of sensation. I don't even know if that's what happens when you get filler. I don't know. I th- I think I'm going to try getting filler. Anyway, let's go to Beverly Hills. Okay, Beverly Hills, I'm up to date now and so glad to be here because they, I'm like, this season is a bit ridiculous. I, we all know that Kyle is uh, dating, God, what is that singer again? Morgan Wade. Morgan Wade. Like, we all know that and, like, it hasn't been revealed yet on the show. In the same way that mm-hmm. we all knew that Chriselle was dating Jason while – that Chriselle was dating G-Flip while mm-hmm. dating Jason on the show. So, like, yeah. we we all know this. So I just want them to get to the point with it. But Kyle is acting like such a petulant child this season, like irritated by Mo all the time – not mm. taking into account that he was a sickly child and <laughs> famously <laughs> yeah I, I she's she's getting me i disagree i kind of love the dynamics this season more than i have in a long time they've got no rinna no kathy and importantly no new people so Thank it's God. all like legacy dynamics which we love But, like, Kyle I've found kind of intolerable for a very long time. And even, like, at BravoCon a couple of weeks ago, she she went right back to, like, victim mode where if anyone brings anything up with her, she just starts crying and kind of fumbles Mm. and expects Dorit to, like, jump in and save her. But I just feel like she's fucking done with Mo. I feel like whatever broke them, broke their marriage, it was probably shit that she ignored or accepted or, like, turned a blind eye to for... 20 years Mm. and she just had this moment last season where she kind of like took some power back over Kathy very labyrinth you have no power over me got sober is like jacked and working out and is now probably having orgasms for the first time in her life and she's just kind of fucking over it Mm, yeah she is over it but I I don't know it's like she's going through puberty again or something I don't know true I mean she's she's developmentally stunted as a person and always has been so yeah it's like forever we've been watching her as like a 13 year old and now she's 16 I think I'm enjoying watching her interactions with the ladies but just not with her family and Mm, yeah which has changed I guess it's a similar thing with PK and sorry PK and Dorit Baba, when they jaggy, when uh, Dorit is like you were saying about Kyle and Mo, that 
Dorit has just been putting up with all this shit from PK for so long. Like, God, he's getting into the crisps all the time and he's got heart problems. <laughs> he loves to snack. <laughs> he loves to snack, that man. Uh, and he's he's very good friends with George. But anyway, um, that is troubling to me. And that whole pretty woman set up mm. for their anniversary oh. was quite foul. It went on for way too long. We didn't need to see all of it. I mean, I kind of love Dorit and PK because I think – if I were ever to get married, I would want it to be to someone who wants to gossip about my friends with me mm. and can like hang with the girls mm. at dinner. Um, like that's a very fundamental thing that I'm looking for on my soulmate treasure chest list or whatever it's called. So they don't just have to be single. We're getting to the point here. <laughs> I'll, I'll home in on some some important factors. But like Dorit, I've, I mean, PK, I used to find like repulsive and now I'm like, I kind of get what she sees in him. And she's she's come out and said recently, like we were going through a really tough time in our marriage while we were filming this season, but we're really solid now. Um, which I kind of love to see. I don't want Jaggy moving between mummy and daddy's houses. No, neither do I. And that baby with the soft head, what's her name? Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix. She doesn't like when her mum dresses up. She, I don't know. I mean, actually I do. I, Dorit is honestly my fave. I love Dorit. And she, you know what? Dorit was at risk of being booted before last season. Like she was going to be demoted to friend of. <gasps> and then the burglary happened and she put in such a serve last season and this season she's great she's so funny uh like seeing the kind of quote-unquote fox force five gross but like rinna erica kyle dorit teddy were like that little unit Mm. and losing teddy and rinna means that it's kind of dispersed now and there aren't the same alliances that there always have been and i'm just really loving what the gals are doing including Sutton. Sutton. I mean, and I loved Dorit's imitation of Sutton in the latest episode. It was very good. She got the accent right. But Sutton, I mean, she wore the pants. <laughs> Sutton, I wore, I wore pants for nothing. A friend of the pod theme song composer Harvey Sutherland is like, I wore pants for nothing is now the line that I'm going to say every time I go to an event that I don't want to be at. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, yeah, Sutton, she's a conundrum. She is a Fabergé egg, this woman. Mm-hmm. I just, she's a riddle My, in a teacup. I don't understand Sutton. I feel like I understood Sutton in that moment where they were at Magic Mike and she just went from like, I brought dollar bills to stuff in their pants. Let's get down there to like turned away. I'm on the board of the American Ballet Foundation. I don't need this shit. Like my Sutton's bad. So I'm a little Beverly rusty. Hill, Billy's, Billy's. I am. <laughs> I'm Yellowstoning. <laughs> but I just immediately in that moment was like, oh, Sutton has just been faced with her inherent sexlessness and like, they, you go to Magic Mike, normal women go to Magic Mike in Las Vegas and everyone in that room is acting. The men on the stage are acting like they're A, straight and B, interested in those women and the women have to, maybe some of them aren't acting so much like they've been chosen or like they're hot enough to be selected. And Sutton went out of her way to be like sexy but her version of sexy getting a lap dance is like white silk palazzo pants and like a shimmery top, which to everyone else is like grandma at Christmas. But to her was like a big risk. It was like a big 
sexy, hot girl on the town. Like I've got a wad of ones. I'm going to stuff down pants. And like, I think that her, like her tightly wound, like sexlessness wafts off her like stink lines to the point where even hunky Vegas magic Mike dances knew enough to go to Erica and Crystal instead. But also Crystal and Erica are like, they're the, like they're seated together on the, like, of course, I mean, they're obviously going to get Erica up and mm. they're going to get, because they're, she is a friend of the show yeah, and they're going to get Crystal because Erica said, this is my friend's 40th birthday, let her live. So of course they're going to invite her up. And do you know what? If yeah. Sutton had stuck around, maybe she would have gotten to go on stage because Kyle did. Yes, yes. So that whole thing is like it's so, so ridiculous that she left when she did. But mm. you were so right about what she was wearing. She really had like nice Christmas lunch top. Like that's what she looked yeah. like. She had a nice top on. Yeah. You can't wear white palazzo pants on the dirty magic mic. Like they knew the dry no. cleaning bill that was going to be coming in if they pulled her up on stage. Avi would have been fuming. Fuming. <laughs> but yeah, and then Sutton completely tried to overcorrect afterwards and be like, I'm reading a book about tantric sex. You know, like Yes. Mine my Sutton's not good either, unfortunately. We both need to work on it. It's fine. We've got PK, that's enough. PK. I've told you before, but I wanted to call Top Chef my dog PK just so that when I would yell his name at the park, I'd have to go, PK! I would have loved that. <laughs> Top Chef, Baba. Top Chef is embarrassing enough as, as it works out anyway. Okay, <laughs> on to Salt Lake City, BL. I mean, fine. I don't have that much to say about Salt Lake because I feel like every episode is like being thrust into a new dimension in my notes, I just wrote Wheatney. <laughs> like, I loved her daughter's birthday party. Her daughter was really cute and, like, Bobby. so Bobby. She got eyebrows for her birthday. Bobby is really, really good on camera. She's a real cutie patootie. I really like Bobby. She was so excited at her birthday party when she was like, I got Diet Coke and it's got cherry in it and it's got vanilla and it's got this and this. And Whitney's like, settle down, settle down. I was like, oh my God, Mormon soda culture is like so real that Bobby has to like not go crazy with her Diet Coke. But like, cause it was a mix of all these different colored drinks. Was it like an underage version of a Long Island iced tea? So, maybe. Because she's not Mormon. She's not, but it's still Utah. Yeah. And so a thing in Utah is that there are these two chains that make a lot of TikTok content I've that heard I follow. Two chains. <laughs> one is called like Thirst Drinks and one is called like Swish or Gulp or something. And so this is a place where like you pull up in the drive through like Lisa Barlow and the menu is like seven feet wide with like two point font. There are that many options to choose from. And it's essentially like mixed drinks, but with soda bases. And so like on these TikTok accounts, they'll be like, okay, we're making a three gallon diet Coke. And the person's added on a strawberry puree, a fresh mango, a vanilla creamer, butterscotch syrup, and pebble ice. And it's just like these fucking desserty concoctions mixed into like Sprite and Dr. Pepper because 
like this is what the kids drink when they party at like BYU. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's that thing of like if you go off the booze for a while, you really want sugary little snackies. Always. But that's what they want all the time. Or cigarettes. Or cigarettes. That works yeah. too. I don't have much to say about Salt Lake. I mean, Heather is still Heather. She's like love, love Heather. Heather. I don't know. She, really? I, love Heather? I mean, like she has a moment. No, I don't love Heather. Like she has a moment, but she's the one who is the funniest on the show, like who mm. is actually funny, like not just I'm laughing mm. at her. Like she, mm. I'm laughing with Heather most of the time, I would say. Mm. But... Meredith's accent is getting stranger, more unhinged with every episode. She speaks like she has a mouthful of marbles. And I love... She's like Leo in Killers of the Flower Moon. No spoilers. Um, Yeah, like when she was saying, her husband. The husband. Watching Meredith talk to her children is even wilder because Chloe and Brooks Marks have like such intense accents as well. Mm, they really do. Brooks Marks is such a funny name still. I know. <laughs> it sounds like a department store. Monica <laughs> is like such a raw nerve. I feel like she's got a lot of spunk, but and they can't she's kind of a breath of fresh air sometimes, but she's just not cut out for the show. She's not cut out for these ladies. Mm, mm. I kind of feel I switch I'm in two minds with Monica every week because I think that she is kind of great for reality TV because her vibe in contrast to these women is like, I've got nothing to lose. Mm. Like I've told you all the shit that I've done in my life. I don't have a whole lot of money. I don't have like a big business or like seven lawyers on speed dial. And I think that rankles, especially like Elisa Barlow, who is so image conscious watching Lisa talking about Monica's like traumatic childhood and be like, what? I think she's just saying that her mother's abusive. I think that's crazy. Her mother's not abusive. Why did she bring her to Easter if she's so abusive? <laughs> Sorry, again, my Lisa Valo. It's, it's not great. I welcome her. I welcome her. But you'd be crying a little bit more if it was actually realistic. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard the goss about what is to come this season? Remember how the season started with Heather on a phone call being like, no, close the door, close the door, don't film this. Yeah. So apparently the rumor has it that what that was about is a lawsuit that was filed against Beauty Lab and Laser from a woman who said that she was like she went on a payment plan for her filler and stopped paying and they sued her and then she countersued Beauty Lab and Laser because saying that they botched her and that's the moment that Heather finds out that that woman who's suing her is Monica. <gasps> Allegedly. That is what's to come. I look forward to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The last one that I have seen, although you are up to date with Potomac and Miami as well. I don't have anything to say about Potomac. Ashley got new tits. Like Robin sucks. But uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Okay. Um, okay. So moving on to Rahoni again, an anagram of horny, which is something I love. Uh, <laughs> I be- This season was anything but horny. Yeah, you kind of lost, you lost your love for this particular franchise, right? I did. I think that, um, and when I try to articulate it, because a lot of my friends came to Roni this season, which we, you and I, Jinxie, recommended because it was a total reboot, new cast. You could kind of drop in without the pressure to watch 13 seasons before this. I just kind of felt overall, like if I'm to try to articulate why I was left a little deflated by the end, I think that all the women on this season are, are just too image conscious to really like go there. 
but ironically half of them came away from the season looking really bad. Yeah, I think that mostly they did. I was kind of losing a bit of faith, uh, true faith by Ramona Singer by the end mm-hmm. of the season, but the reunion really I thought was great. I really loved the two reunion episodes huh. and I felt like yeah. I got some closure and it also made me kind of excited for the next season. Mm. Do you think that they'll – who do you think – who do you want to come back next season? I think they'll all come back for season two because they mm. – well, maybe the only person who might not return, I reckon, is Uber. Uh, she seemed to feel like she had a raw deal, even though I don't think she did, but she seemed yeah. to be the most kind of uh, emotionally damaged by the end of the season. Mm. Um, I reckon that Jenna will come back for season two, but not stick around for season three. Uh, she just did so well in this and I feel like she kind of started to come out of her kind of come out of her very carefully curated shell by the end of this season. So I feel like she's going to want to show that she's kind of more fun next season and then she'll have made her money and then she's out. She's sold Mm. enough eyelashes. Bryn mm. is definitely in for the long haul. I think that mm-hmm. Bryn is like our new Sonia Morgan, different mm-hmm. background, but I think that she's she's a true long hauler. I think Jessel kind of has to because she she's a star. Yeah, she's like yes, and she kind of put a few rumors to bed, and now she needs to. I think she needs to try to play a slightly sexier role next season Erin mm-hmm. 100% will because she is addicted to the show and how she comes across and is a, my least favorite as we have discussed the worst. before yeah is there anyone else Sigh. oh sigh I mean she doesn't have to come back because she's got her Instagram influencer business mm-hmm. um but I kind of want her husband to come back Wow, Jinxie, I don't know if I've ever disagreed with you more Bring it on. on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, not in like an argumentative way, but more in just like, I feel like Jenna was a half-assed housewife. I'm going to be real. And I need full ass. I need, I need some element of messiness or like scrappiness. And I feel like Bryn brought a little scrappiness, but she tried to overcorrect too much by being like, and then I go to that rare bookstore and then I go to the chess competition and I'm wearing this like haunted Victorian doll dress to the reunion. I was just like, be Sonia, like break a sink because you're fucking on it. That's what I want to see from you. But I don't think they can be because they're so literate in housewives law that I don't yeah. think we're ever going to get that kind of messiness again. I think so too. But I mean, we're getting it in like, we're getting it in Salt Lake. We're getting it in Potomac. In yeah, but they are not my- New York City, and they're not Beverly Hills. I like know, Crystal's I doing know. the same thing when she came on board in Beverly Hills. That's true. That's true. Salt Lake, of course. Yeah, I think that the if they come back next season, I'm just even like the, when they did fight, the fights were boring to me. Like you hid my phone so I stole your sunglasses and that was like two episodes worth of just shouting I really don't want to be this person but like it was so mummy dearest like everyone just being like my story is my issue with my mother my story is my mother's sickness my story is my mother's addiction my story is my mother didn't love me my story is my mother died my story is 
also my mother didn't love me. Like every single mm. one of them. No wonder Jessel was like, oh, do I have to invent some like deep parent trauma to like fit in here? Okay, I guess so. Yeah, I just, I, I'm going to need something else from every single one of them. Um, because I kind of came away being like, this wasn't housewives. This needed to be called like the glam gals of Tribeca or something, <laughs> because this is not real housewives. Well, I've heard of Tribeca is an up and coming neighborhood, so maybe they'll rename it, but maybe. I feel like next season they'll have to get a bit better because I think that Andy Cohen would have let them kind of get away with it this season because that it was pulling in such massive numbers purely mm. because of Jenna, mm. but he's going to need them to kick it up a bit more. Yeah. I also think not, and this isn't anyone in the cast fault, but for a first season of a new housewives, usually it's eight episodes and one reunion. Whereas this was, I think 14 and a two part reunion. So they just, if they'd edited it, the season down, maybe it would have been stronger. Yeah. I didn't need two episodes of the sunglasses phone, the case of the, Sunglasses uh, yeah, and yeah. Fun, but yeah anyway but I look I I did enjoy it I still do yeah. think it's sort of a good um like entry point a good gateway drug for the housewives yeah I do too and I'll keep coming like I'm never gonna stop I'll keep coming back but even if I have um only critical things to say about it do you have any other see also's for the housewives I do. I want to recommend Hunter Harris's newsletter, Hung Up. Um, She did two, I think she was covering Roni regularly all season, but I just read the issues of her newsletter from the reunion and she brought up a lot of things that I agreed with where she essentially said like, Jenna's the alpha, all the women are reacting to either being friends with her, being jealous of her, wanting to be respected by her. And like, that was kind of the central tension for a lot of them that was went unsaid. Um, I also want to give a shout out to the Instagram account, Real Housewives Smoking, who after like they essentially trawl through the Instagram accounts of anyone on Bravo and they look for like them at a hookah bar or like a pack of Marlboros in the background of a photo or someone hiding a hand that has like a lit cigarette in it. And they found footage of Parvet and Jessel like on holiday at hookah lounges and basically wrote this big long screed that I just fucking loved after the episode aired where Aaron made them go to like a putt-putt place called Swingers Crazy Golf Nomad. (laughs) And this post was like fucking poetry to me. They said, um, New York will never recover now. It's pandemic forever. It's the agony of organized fun. Adults needing a gimmick to have a combo. Top golf for couples who lie they'll never move to the suburbs. It's swingers crazy golf nomad. <laughs> That's so true, BL. It's so true. And then they went on to talk about Parvet and saying like, these real housewives really need to at least act like they've been somewhere before and stop with the degrading played out sex tourism patina they're trying to paint on Parvet. The tanks travel and not just direct from Dallas Lovefield to LaGuardia. Yeah, I mean, justice for Parvet. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'd travel for a bun me and for a status run. Absolutely. Mile run is fine. It is environmentally unfriendly, but it is fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got to see also for the housewives, and that is to watch, honestly, just anything else. <laughs> Keep your brain cells intact. Mine are long gone. Save your. Cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Self. Jinxie, let's share some also's. What's your first one? My first one is another podcast. It's the New York Critics at Large podcast, which started like a couple of months ago now. But I'm recommending specifically the latest one as we're recording, which is Why We Dine Out or Don't. This podcast is hosted by New Yorker staff writers, including friend of the pod, Nomi Fry, Vincent Cunningham, and Alexandra Schwartz. But this one also features the New Yorker food and culture writer, Hannah Goldfield, whose restaurant reviews I have been enjoying um, since she kind of came on board. But this episode was so entertaining, so good. I loved that they uh, go into why we're dining out, the hype of fine dining, what we actually like about dining, but also about things like how TikTok is changing restaurants and Mm. how the ins and outs of how Resi actually works from a restaurant standpoint and the things that as a user of Resi, we don't actually know what's happening, why we can get bookings at some times of the day, why we can't at others. It's very revealing, very interesting. They also talk about the new Frederick Wiseman doc, which is extremely beautiful. And, uh, yeah, they talk about their particular proclivities about dining out. Oh, love that. I just added it to my queue while you were talking. Uh, my first one is a recommendation for some very beautiful notebooks, including a 2024 planner if you are of a paper scheduling persuasion like me i am uh the midori md brand of notebooks comes from japan it's been around since 1950 i got hooked on them a few years ago but sadly i bought my first ones for 2020 and so everything i wrote into my diary just got crossed out and cancelled um i tried again in 2021 same thing happened so i gave it a break but i'm going back for next year i find midori notebooks cheaper and better than moleskines they're my go-to now and they last me forever yeah this brand has been around since 1950 i buy them from bookbinders which is a stationery store in melbourne but they ship around australia um and the product that I really recommend is the A5 Codex One Day One Page Diary or if you just want a notebook they have a really beautiful dot grid notebook and if you buy two of them you can also buy this really beautiful plastic cover and store them together. I've got mine customized it says BL on the front uh very cute. Oh that's good I am a total paper diary organizer so that sounds great I'm gonna have a look at that always like in awe of your stationary supplies BL. I'm not lacking in them, and yet I continue to purchase. (laughs) My next one is Black Friday by Citizen Wolf. And so it's this annual initiative where you can get your clothes dyed black, only black, professionally. It's much cheaper than you would normally pay to have that done. 
you buy coupons to have specific things dyed by them and then you can either post it in or you can drop it off at the Neek stores. If you're in Melbourne, there's one in Fitzroy. Uh, and I realise that I've never said that brand out loud before, but I'm guessing it's like unique. That's that's exactly right. Sure. Uh, I've been collecting a bag of clothes over the year because I missed out on doing this last year and so I'm going to do it now. The prices are pretty reasonable. You can get like a T-shirt done for $24, jeans for $29, and they have different prices for jackets and dresses. But essentially they're doing it because it keeps clothes more sustainable. Obviously the best thing that we can do is to wear the clothes we already own for as long as possible. And they say on their website that for every additional nine months of wear, we reduce the footprint uh, by 30%. I think it starts on the 14th of November and closes on the 1st of December. And then you get Mm. your clothes back around February next year because they do big lots all at once. It's a lot cheaper than it is normally. Anyway, it's at Mm. blackfriday.com. We'll have it on our Instagram. Really cancels out all that uh, carbon footprint from our status runs, our Parvet status runs. (laughs) My next one is a very short recommendation, but for a product I really, truly love, it's the kimchi that you can get from KT Mart in Melbourne. They have two stores on Elizabeth Street, one kind of closer to the Melbourne Uni end and one near Melbourne Central. And I looked at the tub in my fridge because the last time I went in there, I was like, I got to take a photo of this. I think it's like a house brand that KT Mart produces, but it's like super sour, super crunchy all cabbage forward there's not a whole lot of other shit going on in there and I love it yum I've got India on the brain at the moment obviously and I was thinking back to a great restaurant I went to recently in Sydney it's called Raja it's an Indian spot on Kellett Street in Potts Point a really good place for summer dining I reckon I went with my sister Uh, when we were going through the menu we absolutely had to order the scallops because (laughs) They were listed as hand-dived by Paul in shark-infested waters in South Australia. And it's like, well, if Paul is going to that trouble, we better order them, right? You can't have it be in vain. We got this incredible dessert also, which was made from purple carrots that are cooked down with sugar and reduced milk. And then they're served on saffron-baked yogurt and topped with crystallised brick pastry. Delightful. That's a cute setting. Uh, it's yeah, it's really nice. Raja. Um, my last one is a bag from the brand Pali Baskets, P-A-L-I. I picked one up on the weekend. They sell them at the monthly Abbotsford Convent Regional Farmers Market, which is on the second Saturday of every month put it in your diary like I do but my friend Georgia every time we go to the farmer's markets has a little basket shaped bag and when I'm like lugging my bagus weighed down with like local pickles and eggs and stuff let alone my veggies and bread I'm always very jealous of her compact sturdy little basket so I got my hands on one and Pali is uh this brand run by a mother and daughter Maggie and Cass out of Melbourne but they work with weavers across Burma to make these kind of traditional bags and they use a combination of new and uh, recycled pallet stripping where they, you know, people collect uh, rubbish from the streets of Burma and uh, it's like turned into strips to be woven into these like truly beautiful little bags. I got mine on discount. It's a really 
substantially sized bag and it was $75 and it's really gorge and they have so many different colors. It's really hard to choose one. Cute. Cute. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget uh, all the info about our live show on the 3rd of February is in the show notes, including the discount code that you need to get a slightly cheaper ticket as a listener of the podcast. It's just for you. Yeah, come along to see also Al Fresco. Uh, next week we have a special poodle. It's in line with the summer equinox that is coming up in December we are going to talk about the two Suspiria films, Suspiria from 1977 and Suspiria from 2018. It's very spooky, very witchy. Get your sky-clad outfits on. <laughs> You'll understand. You'll understand when you listen. Witchy shit. Uh <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Instagram at See Also Podcast. That's where you'll see all of our also's from this week. And uh, stay tuned. We've got some news coming out over there. And uh, I mean, it'll be on the pod too, but follow us on Instagram. Yeah, it's some exciting news that we'll share in a couple of weeks. As if we don't have exciting news enough with our live show and Sisters Barriers anyway. Can we chill out? No, we. I think, like, famously, we cannot chill out. <laughs> I think we have been talking about chilling out for two years of this podcast, and yet here we are. Here we are. Uh, thanks, as ever, to Samuel Hodge for our imagery and Harvey Sutherland for our original theme music. Bye. See ya. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com Let's get this dinner party started.